Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. And then we broke down all the 24 fantastic episodes of the spinoff, The Golden Palace, but we ran out of those episodes too. So now we do whatever the hell we want to do. That's that is right, America. <laughs> That is right, America Ferreira. <laughs> I'm assuming that's who you're directing that at. Sure. Uh, today, uh, we are doing another Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty Rue, and Estelle did after the Golden Girls. I'm although, so about today. So, so although, if you all remember from last week, H. Allen already hinted what we were going to do because there I, was I an- flat out said it. There was an outcry, a a very, and again, in the Golden Girls community, there's nothing ever that's like super aggressive and mean. There was a an enthusiastic outcry to cover some of the projects that the women did before and during the yeah. run of the Golden Girls. Yeah. And so today, we audience, we have heard you. Golden Girls fans, we, we have listen. heard you. We listen to you. So today, this is actually our first Beyond Golden Girls episode we're doing with Rue McClanahan. Yep. And today we're covering her, I mean, everybody's been talking about this guest star appearance. Rue McClanahan was in an episode of Moida, She Wrote. <laughs> you said it like a Maine person, Massachusetts person. Oh, that's um, not, no. If it was Massachusetts, it would have been just Marta, She Wrote. Marta, yeah, true. Marta. Um, no, this episode is so, so so this is the only episode that one of the primary Golden Girls was on. The only one, because none of the other three guest starred on an episode of Golden Girls. And this one's called Murder Takes the Bus. If you're trying to find it on the internet, it is a little confusing because on IMDB it says it's uh season one, episode 18, but on Peacock it's episode 20, season one. So just look for the title of the episode and that's how you'll find it but yes and you can watch it i found it on if you're if you have amazon prime it's there with ads i think also roku um so you can definitely find it to watch it i can i tell you can i tell you carrie doherty bush can i tell you how excited i was when murder she wrote came on peacock because for years it wasn't available for streaming in any place. It was only on like Hallmark Mysteries or something. And I would record it. And I had cable TV to record it, basically. That and the Golden Sure. Book and The View. And I, when it came on streaming, my life changed. Similar to, I mean, the Golden Girls, I always had the Golden Girls. I always had the DVDs. Yes. But the DVDs for Murder, She Wrote, this show was on from 1984 to 1996. That's a lot of DVDs. That's like, like 37 years. Yeah, yes. And that's like an hour length <laughs> show. So like, can you imagine how many DVDs that would be for an hour show for for 12 years on the air? I mean, that's I, I have to tell you, I, I mean, I loved, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about the history of Murder, She Wrote. Um, But before we do, I, I loved Murder, She Wrote when I was a kid. I yeah. was obsessed with it. I forgot it was an hour long show. Yeah, it's a drama. It's, it's meant to be, well... It, it is a drama. It's definitely a drama, but it's meant to be kind of like one of those old school light dramas, sort of in the, the how the 70s dramas were. And it was in the 80s, around the time, the same time as The Murder Shrew came on, that you had sort of like more hardcore dramas come on or more sort of like gritty dramas like Hill Street Blues or La Law or like shows like that that sort of like stretch sort of what a drama could be on television. But Murder, She Wrote was kind of like a nice little warm hug filled with murder. It was uh, so great. So before we, because I, I have so many things I want to talk about with well, Murder, so She Wrote. Let me just say before we even get into Murder, She Wrote, that a real life thing, I am baking something and it <laughs> yes. might be the buzz that happens. And if you hear a buzz, I'm sorry, because people like knowing that because things happen for us and it gets crazy. I am baking a fantastic thing from my friend, Jake Cohen. He's You should follow him on Instagram. That's his name, Jake Cohen. 
and I'm baking a one bowl brown butter pumpkin bars. Whew, that's a mouthful. And my cat just, he got excited by that too. So yeah. I heard a jingle right jangle of something. That was Frasier. And in five minutes, the bars are going off. So, or three minutes. So you guys talk for, well, I'll have to take a break for a second. That's fine. I'm, I can riff on my own. I'm totally comfortable with that. <laughs> so, um, okay. So as, a, as I think you and I last week, when we talked about doing this episode, we realized that this particular episode of Murder, She Wrote, Murder Takes the Bus, yeah. aired in 1985, which was the same year that the Golden Girls premiered. And we were like, well, was this a before Golden Girls? Is it during Golden Girls? So the Golden Girls pilot aired September 14th, 1985. Yeah. Murder, She Wrote, this episode aired March 17th, 1985. Now- yeah. Knowing network TV schedules, they were airing this episode of Murder, She Wrote around the time that they were probably shooting the pilot episode of The Golden Girls. Well, you think that early? So, yes, because network pilots shoot early. They you Actors start auditioning in like February. So they were probably shooting this around March. So Rue McClanahan probably shot this episode. She was cast and probably shot this episode of Murder, She Wrote before she was cast on The Golden Girls. Yeah. Which means, in my television writer opinion, yeah. I'm going to say that this was a before Golden Girls episode. I would agree with that. I mean, just to give a little sort of glimpse into um, Rue McClanahan's life at this point, she was a she was known actress because of Maud. I mean, she was on Maud with with B Arthur for years. So she was definitely a known actress. But at this point, she was kind of bouncing a little bit. You know what I mean? She had done Mama's Family for a season, but then that NBC canceled Mama's Family and I think it was NBC. And she went on Gimme a Break and she went on Alice and she did a bunch of episodes of The Love Boat over the years. The Love Boat probably paid her rent for years, I mm -hmm. think. Because she did a lot of those episodes. Mm -hmm. And then she did was an episode of Charles in Charge in 1984 and 1985. She played Irene Pembroke, which I love. And Charles in Charge's theme song, one of the best theme songs ever, and Uncomfortable. He lives downstairs and it's understood. Like, how awkward is that line from a theme song? Anyway, she did a lot of things and then she got mur or she got Golden Girls and it kind of like changed everything. Oh, 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 go get them, go get them. Oh, Carrie, talk. Okay, I'm gonna talk. Oh boy. Oh, I love it when I always get the mic. I'm just gonna narrate what's happening. H. Allen frantically ran to the oven. They have turned it off. The microphone is kind of obscuring the oven. Oh, H. Allen got a potholders. That's such a good idea. Put those, put those oven mitts on. Yep. Got the oven mitts on. You know what? I'm gonna tell you right now. Stan audience. Can I tell you how many scars you would think Stan is a chef with the amount of scars that he has on his hands because he's constantly touching hot pans. I have to remind him sometimes. All right. H. Allen is coming back. They are coming back, coming back, putting the headphones on. I just Sorry. gave everybody a play by play of what I was Michael's taking out, a, taking it out in five minutes. It's not quite done, but it looks fantastic. Everyone. Ooh. Did you do the thing where you, you stick the little, the skewer yeah, in the middle? I, didn't have, I don't have a skewer or, or a toothpick. So I just put a little fork in there and it came out a little dirty. So yeah, you got to keep it in. Yeah. You don't yeah. want it wet. I'll have to check I will, in five minutes as well. I'm happy to give you a skewer next time I see oh, you. Please, I have so many metal you. skewers. They're so great for baking. I don't mm -hmm. use them for skewing oh, anymore because I don't have a grill. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't give anybody did any new information. I, I was <laughs> not literally nothing. I was talking about how well, Stan always burns himself when he bakes. <laughs> so we'll talk more about, you know, Murder She Wrote in in the in the lead up to this, but this particular episode and Murder She Wrote in general was sort of like one of the things that I love as a fan of Murder She Wrote is everyone talks about the guest star jumping back and forth. There are so many guest stars that went from both Golden Girls to Murder She Wrote. It's insane. I mean, have people talked to you about that? Yes, I've seen it on like our social media and stuff. People have tagged me and things like, yeah, every time there is a, a Golden Girls guest star who's on an episode of Murder, She Wrote, I feel like people take a screen grab and they send it to us and it's they and, and I've gotten so many of them. And we're yeah. going to go over all of the because I mean, there were so many. I tried cataloging so many and I could. That would be a fun project for me, but I only did the major ones today. And so we're going to go over those. But one of the things that I did want to address about Murder, She Wrote, one of the shocking things I think about Murder, She Wrote is that everyone knows Angela Lansbury and B. Arthur were very close friends. They became friends from MAME on Broadway. And then there was a big controversy when they were making a movie of MAME and Angela Lansbury was not cast in the lead role for the movie version. Uh, Lucille Ball was, and it was very shocking. Everyone was sort of aghast about it. But B. Arthur's husband, I believe, directed the movie version of MAME. Interesting 
tidbit as well. Um, oh, I and, wonder how everybody felt about that. I mean, I bet everyone was supportive. I mean, B. Arthur and Angela Lansbury were friends for years and years after that, so I bet it was fine. But okay. so one of the surprising things I think that fans of Murder, She Wrote are so shocked by is why was B. Arthur never on? And I have a feeling it may have been because it was a competing network and maybe even a competing time. I forget what 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 day Murder, She Wrote aired. I think it might have been Saturday. I don't know. And it was... I think that might have been the reason, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still surprised that B. Arthur never once made an appearance on Murder She Wrote. You know? Well, and Angela Lansbury never made an appearance on The Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, it, even though I, I understand obviously Murder She Wrote has way more guest stars per mm -hmm. episode than The Golden Girls would, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just like a a sort of unspoken friendship thing where it's like, this is my show. This is your show. We have shows yeah. that we've shared before. I don't know. Yeah. Or, I really want to know, know more yeah. about that. That's a, that's such an interesting thing that I don't even have an answer to, but I do find it to be a really interesting point in murder. She wrote and golden girls history that, that these two iconic friends never once appeared on screen together on television in a scripted sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess if anybody has any um, like articles or interviews that the women ever did that could speak to this, definitely pass it along if you happen to come across it. Um, well, should we yeah. get into this episode? Because I am so eager to talk about all things Murder, She Wrote. Yes, yes. Let's take a little break and then we're going to we're going to do. Yeah, we're, we got a lot to talk about with Murder, She Wrote. This episode right. was bananas. I'm, I loved it. I have so many things to talk about. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Murder, She Wrote. As I said before, Murder, She Wrote aired from 1984 to 1996. And just to give people like an idea of who Angela Lansbury was, if, because so many people only know her from Murder, She Wrote, right? I mean, did you know much about her before Murder, She Wrote? I mean, I knew Angela Lansbury. I feel like Murder, She Wrote was around the time I was a kid. I was obsessed with bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh, That's yeah. actually where I know Angela Lansbury from is the beautiful yes. live action Disney animated movie. Well, and so I kind of had that confusion too, because when I was a kid, I knew Murder, She Wrote, of course. But then I knew her from like the Disney stuff. And I always assumed she was just sort of like a like a Disney singing sort of actor, you know what I mean? In, in Disney stuff, I didn't know she was a serious actress. And then as I got older, I started to look into her career and she, Angela Lansbury, her first thing, her first, not even play anything, like her first film, she got nominated for an Oscar for, Gaslight, iconic wow. film, Gaslight, which is where we get the term Gaslight from, like gaslighting, you know? Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, and just so fascinating, right? She played this iconic sort of like, saucy maid and ingrid bergman i think it is um she plays the woman who's gaslit in the movie it's a really good movie you definitely should watch that movie but she was also in yeah the, i want to watch it now and cheering candidate have you ever seen that no oh my god i was a bad film school student oh my god Manchurian candidate is um i hope i'm saying that right but it is it she plays the mother of a young person running for a young man running for president but she's mm -hmm. controlling everything and it's all yeah absurd. i know the yeah, yeah. i know the um, she's the so plot of it yeah evil mm -hmm. she's so evil i'm so surprised she didn't win the oscar for that one but she never won an oscar in her life. She wow. won an oscar later in life but she oh. never won one. um and so she played these sort of like evil film care not evil always but like she played these really dynamic and dramatic film characters and, and that whole disney image was sort of like not for years later which really surprises me yeah and, there's this great Dick Cavett interview, I forget when it was, but I think it was in the 70s maybe, where in the 60s, she was sort of like lost in a lot of ways. Like she needed to sort of like figure out who she was as an actress. And she had been doing films for so long. And 
mm -hmm. had never done Broadway. She had never done theater. She was never that person. She decided to do Broadway. And she went and wow. she did Gypsy, Mame. She, she won in her lifetime, I think like five or six competitive Tonys. Like this woman is a legend of theater and she created Sweeney Todd. Like she created, like I said about Maine with, Dor with B. Arthur, like she created all these iconic characters. So she was like an icon leading into murder. Talk shoot. about range, range. Yeah. And talk about somebody too, who's sort of like in periods in her life was sort of, it's very indicative of the Golden Girls in a lot of ways. In periods of sort of like being lost in her life, she decided to to challenge herself and do something different mm -hmm. and like to go out and I don't know, experiencing experience something different. And then in the 80s, she was talking about how she was looking for something else and she didn't know what, you know what I mean? And she wanted to do something where she could be there for her kids, but also like like show women in a different age. And she was always interested in television, but she never really got any they all the parts she was offered were sort of like icky and then she came across murder she wrote and it was this woman who was a woman of a certain age widowed who wanted a different thing in her life and she decided she was a school teacher for a long time and then she decided to write these books because it's something that she'd always loved and did in her free time and she became this massive massive best-selling mystery book author and she responded to the character in a lot of ways and she decided to do it because she wanted control over what she did with her career where she was a producer on the show. She was, she talked about crafting sort of the character and what the character would do. And she had a lot of say with sort of like how the character would come across. It's really fascinating how much of Angela Lansbury is actually in Murder, She Wrote. You know what I mean? That's incredible. I didn't know any of that. Um, I, I believe it. I definitely like, I don't know. There was, there is something so fascinating about the character of Jessica Fletcher. And I think the tone of the show as well it, it's it's summed up really perfectly in the theme song i think yeah. like yes the theme song has moments where it sounds playful with the yeah. piano like twinkles and so sorry for the musicians out there that's not what that's called <laughs> um it'll sound playful at times and then like adventurous and yeah. then has like this little murder mystery sting mm -hmm. and i feel like that really with all these little clips of her being like the tone eyes, of like, the show like her being shocked yeah. by something or her like you know her like being like bang or like the little moments clips of her solving mysteries as this fun happy music plays is so fun I loved it. So, but before we get into the episode, should we, because I, I, I saw your list and I, my mind was sure. blown. Should yeah. we talk about well, all so of the guest star thing, crossovers? There's one thing the else Golden I want to say. I need to say one more thing about this show that is a, is a tragedy. And two more things I should say. She was nominated okay. for Best Actress in a Drama Series. Every single year, the show was on the air. Every single year. That's 12 mm -hmm. years. And she never wow. won. She never won once can you believe that? can you believe Bummer. that blows me away it's the other thing there's a really funny episode in the final season where the show had been a successful show on a certain night for like the first 11 years i think the show was on the air and then cbs decided cbs did a lot of crazy things to sitcoms in the early 90s with golden palace being one of them um but they decided to move it to a different night because it was like a big show and they were like well, let's see how it competes against friends like they put uh, her she wrote against friends can you believe that yeah uh, oh. that's yeah that's tough yeah so the show murder yeah. she wrote decided to do an episode where one of the cast members i believe of friends is murdered <laughs> oh it, i think we talked about this yes. maybe it's an episode i don't i don't know if one of the cast members murdered but somebody's murdered from the show and it's it's sort but it's of fictitious, right? It's, it's fictitious a show that's like yeah. Friends. Yeah, it's, it's a show about six friends who live in New York, and it's all about them just being friends and talking. That's literally the show, which is what Friends is. And it's such a funny sort of like shady thing that Murder, She Wrote did that I love. You have to watch this episode. It's so that's so really fun. funny. That's such it's, a good troll, <laughs> right? It's so good. I love it so much. Yeah. OK, should we get into the guest stars? Yeah, I think you just I think you have to rattle them off like you're singing REM's end of the world. <laughs> like there are so many we can't take an hour. Like, well, yeah, so I was, like, my mind was blown. As I said, there are so many that I couldn't do all of them. So I only did the major, major ones. And I started with because there are two characters from the Golden Girls that have 
uh, the two characters from the Girls that have characters connected to them that did a lot of guest starring on Murder, She Wrote. So the first one and the one who is in most episodes of Murder, She Wrote is Herb Edelman, Stan. Stan. Stan, Dorothy's wow. men. Dorothy has, oh. Dorothy's men in general, a lot of them were on the Golden Girls. So Stan was in like 10 episodes and he played, he played often the same character, but sometimes different characters. Like in the, in the later seasons, he was the same character, but in the early seasons, he played multiple characters. And yeah, it looks like he played three different characters and then they were just like, you're going to be a lieutenant for the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Herb Edelman was in a bunch of episodes, which is really, really fun. And there's one episode in particular, um, the tough guy episode, what was it called? I forget. But where three of Dorothy's exes were in the same episode. Which yeah, is I think people have sent me a screen grab of that one. Yeah. So it's it's Joe McMartin, the actor who played Father Frank Leahy. And the episode is called Tough Guys Don't Die. So it was Joe McMartin, Father Frank Leahy. It was Alex Rocco, who played Glenn. Remember the first divorced man that she was dating that like he wouldn't. Yes, he divorce. played Glenn number one and Jerry Orbach yes. played Glenn number two. So then Jerry Orbach was in that same episode. So both Glenns are in this episode of Murder, She Wrote, The Tough Guys Don't Die. That from is wild. Right? And both then, Glenns and Father Frank Leahy. What's interesting about the Jerry Orbach being in the Golden Girls or being on Murder, She Wrote is that he actually got the only spinoff. I believe it's the only spinoff of Murder, She Wrote called The Law and Harry McGraw. He played the same character in multiple episodes between 1985 and 1991. And he got a spinoff for it. And then, of course, he went to Law and Order after that. And that became an even bigger success. But yeah. So that bon, bon. <laughs> but also that's my law and order. Dorothy's son was on the murder she wrote. He was in an episode called Murder in Minor Key. Can you believe that? I love that. Scott Jacoby. Wow. Yeah. Um and Jacoby or Jacoby? Or maybe Jacoby. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um also like Jacoby and Myers injury attorneys, eight hundred eight 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 eight. I think only LA people are gonna get that one. <laughs> no, I I think it's national. Do Is you it? know that there's a football player named Jacoby Myers? And I was like, what? What? How? How is that? I see it as Jacoby, but maybe Jacoby. I get that. Well, that makes sense too. I don't know. It's uh people yeah. let just please tell us how to live our lives okay who no, else we're bad um so and then also the, the dorothy's husband you know lucas leslie nielsen he was yes. in two episodes of murder she wrote, amazing playing two different amazing characters. love him so weird that they played two different characters like he played two different characters right back to back year after year like <laughs> well they did that on the golden girls sal played sal in one episode in the season and then he played a waiter in the next one it blows you know. me away blows me away and then right. two of the last of dorothy's men which one isn't really dorothy's man but he was an assistant no man. you think he's uh blanche's man yeah he's not so joseph campanella who played you know detective or cop detective or al al mullins and his partner I'm so george crazy Clooney, about this bobby, guy bobby hopkins he played bobby hopkins george clooney he was in two episodes of uh, murder she wrote as well wow right crazy they weren't in the same episodes that though. is it would have been, been way cool if they were in the same episode so then okay now blanche's men slash family this we are not even halfway through this list people okay sorry there's a lot here so blanche's men oh, clayton hollingsworth basically the entire Devereux hollingsworth family on the golden girls was on murder she wrote like essentially mm -hmm. including the episode we're recapping today uh yes which is wild. Murder takes the bus. Big Daddy one. <laughs> was yes, in. Big Daddy number one. They're not. Was they in this episode. They have no connection to each other as characters on this episode. That would be very weird for me if she played his like wife or something. Like I would have felt very uncomfortable watching Big Daddy one. And his no, they one. do have a scene where they share a, in a conversation. Yes. Yes. True. But that's but, it. So um, Clayton Hollingsworth. Monty Markham was in multiple episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Uh, also, um, the Blanche's sister, Virginia Hollingsworth, was in one episode of Murder, She Wrote. And Blanche's other sister, Charmaine, was in three episodes of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> so, like, her entire immediate family, and also both Big Daddies. Big Daddy 1, Murray Hamilton, was in, was in one episode. And then Big Daddy 2, I guess this is Big Daddy 2, Murder Takes the Bus, right? Yes. No, Big he was Big Daddy 1. Oh, he was Big Daddy one. Okay, well, both. No, Big you're no. He was big. No, you're right. He was Big Daddy number two. 
Yeah, Big Daddy 2. So Big Daddy 2 was in this episode we're doing today, Murder Takes the Bus. And Big Daddy 1, Murray Hamilton, was in a 1984 episode of Murder, She Wrote called Death Cast a Spell. (gasps) So that's her family. Also, also Big Daddy number two, by the way, his name is David Wayne, which is just (laughs) funny because of the actor David Wayne. It's spelled differently, but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so... Now, Blanche's men were also all on this episode, all many episodes. Many, many, many men. Many, many episodes. So Jamie slash George Devereaux. Remember the episode where he came back as George? Like that. (gasps) Jamie. (laughs) Yeah, I probably just woke up little Oreo when I did that. Okay. He was in three episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Also, Ham Lushbow, John Harkins, was in an episode of Murder, She Wrote as well, if the shoe fits. And finally... Ken Howard, who played Jerry, who wasn't like he wouldn't sleep with Blanche or something. I forget. Mm-hmm. I forget the exact storyline, but he was in many episodes of Murder She Wrote. Many, like, many, many, many. Yeah, he's coming for for Herb's number because he was in quite mm-hmm. a few. Episodes. So yeah. So now the other ca- the guest stars from iconic guest stars from the Golden Girls that were on iconic episodes of Murder She Wrote. I Must can't believe you put together this list. I'm so impressed. There are you so don't usually more. do this type of organization it's amazing Do you realize how it was like giving it was like doing surgery the ones that i wouldn't include you know what i mean like the therapist mm-hmm. from the monkey episode like the well the therapist in all the episodes, yes he was a guest mm-hmm. star multiple, like there's so many but i couldn't include them all because you know we have we have lives to lead um but <laughs> our favorite lesbian gene Lois Nettleton. Jean. Yep. She was on three episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Our favorite uh, anti-Semite, Barbara Thorndike. <laughs> was oh, Barbara. Barbara, Bonnie Love Bartlett. The brooch. Not an anti-Semite. Love the brooch. Um, she was in one episode of Murder, She Wrote. Gil Kessler was in three episodes. John Shook. Sh- wait, Shook. Yes, Shook. Was in. Oh, John Shook was in an episode called Stage Struck. John mm-hmm. Shook. Stage Struck. That's, it's I thought that was funnier in my head. <laughs> Angela was in three episodes. Barb, uh, Brenda oh, Vaccaro. Who, Brenda um, Vaccaro. We all remember her. She got on her knees for, for Sophia. That was a whole moment. Um, She was in three episodes. I love Brenda Vaccaro so much. So She's fun. amazing. We talk about how much we love her. There's a great, great movie called uh, The Super, not Super, Superwoman, I think it was. And with Faye Dunaway and Brenda Vaccaro is like Faye Dunaway's like assistant or whatever in it. And she's really great. Um, Cesar Romero. You remember he was Tony, Tony dated mm-hmm. Sophia. He was in two episodes. I love you. <laughs> and Francis. That's what she says. She's I said, I love you. <laughs> I care for you very much or whatever he said. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Francis, who played Trudy, was in three episodes of Murder, She Wrote. The I Killed Trudy Party. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Rooney, play, who played Rocco, love Rocco, was in one oh. episode of Murder, She Wrote. The shopping was, cart full of cash. I was really hoping that um, Debbie Reynolds had been in an episode of Murder, She Wrote, because it really would have like made my day in this really complete, but she never was. In um, Earl Bowen, who played uh, a, basically a priest and a father. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, but he played a priest and a father and a reverend and so many different characters, but he only played a priest, father, and reverend. He never played any other type of character on the Golden Girls and Golden, Golden Palace. Palace. It well, stands, quote, funeral. Yes, he was a, he was in one episode of Murder, She Wrote. Um, Magda. We love Magda. Oh, Magda with Not the brain freeze. Russian. She was mm. in an episode that's played by Marion Mercer. Um, and finally, our favorite, Daisy slash Jenny Lewis. You see the squirt gun? It's loaded with red ink. <laughs> and she was in an episode in 1994, so she would have been a little bit older, which I've yeah. never seen like teenage Jenny Lewis before. Yeah. You know, I always thought she was just a child actress and then stopped. You know what I mean? Like a young, young, like kid actor, like 10. Yeah, I know. I feel like The Wizard is, I can't remember seeing her anything past The Wizard, which was 80s. So, yeah. or maybe like 90, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, 1994. So, wow. So, yeah, this so- is. Well, bravo, HLM Scott. This is just a snippet of all of the fantastic guest actors from the Golden Girls that also appeared on Murder, She Wrote. Just a snippet. But we'll post all of this. Where should we post this? Because this list is so long. I don't I don't know. (laughs) We'll post it on the website. We'll post it on the website. Go to go to out on the line for we'll we'll post it somewhere on the website. We'll leave it in the show link. So go down to the show link and we'll we'll figure all this out. But yeah, but that was everyone. How fun this uh, yeah wow what a what a beautiful crossover just soup of people that was amazing i'm 
Cause I had asked you earlier, I was like, could you put that list together? And you're like, yeah, I'm on it. I, and I was like, it okay, made this my, is an amazing list. It made my day because I, I can't, before we even get into recapping the episode, which we will in just one second, I can't tell you how much, you know this, but like, guys, I love Murder, She Wrote. And I, 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 I do think that Jessica Fletcher was probably the world's most notorious serial killer that no one's ever caught. <laughs> she was involved in a lot of these things. I do believe that. Let me know, please you know, DM me or something on Instagram if you also think that she's a notorious serial killer. Um, but I love Murder, She Wrote. It's so campy. It's so fun. Michael and I were watching it today and it was just sort of like, it was just so fun to sort of like, not just not make fun of it, but just be like, why would they do that? Because it's so formulaic. You know what I mean? It's so Hitchcockian in a lot of ways. The oh, way it was tell a story. so Hitchcockian. Yeah, um, yeah it was. Yeah, it, it was wonderful. I honestly I hadn't watched an episode for a minute and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot how much I love this show because everything is you're you're looking at every single character like suspiciously. Yeah. And well, that's how the camera does it. And that's how, you know, Jessica Fletcher does it. And, and her eyes, the way it. she's reading everyone. The last thing I'll say about Murder, She Wrote, and then we'll take a break and we'll go, we'll go recap this episode, um, is when I, at Universal Studios in the 90s, I, I haven't been since the 90s, but in Orlando, there was a ride, like a making of a TV show. Now, I think they've changed it since then. But, um, and I believe even Murder, She Wrote was still on the air when I was there. But they did an episode where you basically helped make an episode of Murder, She Wrote. That was the ride. That's really And you fun. go through and you do voiceovers and you do like the wind, like the sound of the wind. And I was the wind. I got to do the thing that did the wind, you know, that machine and or that whatever it's called. And my dad did the voiceover, which I hated him for. My dad's an asshole anyway, but I hated him for doing the voiceover because I wanted to do the voiceover. But the guy who was like leading the ride or whatever was like, oh, you're too young to do the voiceover. And I was like, how funny would it be to have a kid's voice be in a man's body? Like, I thought that was really funny. You See, because I mean? you get comedy and yeah. the attendant at Universal did not. Nope, he did not. So I missed that ride. That's That was my last real connection to Murder, She Wrote. And I still, I get the books to this day. Sometimes if I just like am between books and I'm like needing sort of a buffer book to sort of get me through to the next really good book that I read, you know, which right now I'm reading The Maid. Everyone should read that. It's really good. It's a good, nice murder mystery, kind of like Murder, She Wrote. Um, but, uh, I, I'll read a murder. She wrote book. Cause it's in the voice of Jessica Fletcher. Like she tells yes. the story and it's so fun. It's so fun. Oh, I love it. I love all your connections to murder. She wrote. Uh, well, should we take a break and come back with the recap of this episode? Yes. Let's do it. The thing I love about this episode is, I mean, it's it's a murder on a bus, as the title suggests. And it was shot so beautifully. I loved the rain. I loved the like psycho soundtrack. Um, it was so cool. And this episode, it gave me like three specific vibes from the Golden Girls, right? It was sort yeah. of like Falcon Club murder mystery weekend meets the monkey show a hurricanes a come in meets mm -hmm. twas the nightmare before christmas because they end up in like a diner during a storm yeah um so it's a bunch of people they're all getting on a bus some of them are going to boston but um jessica and sheriff tom bosley are going to tom bosley sheriff tom bosley is oh. like such a weirdo but so great in this it's the thing i love about tom bosley is that it's like the perfect him and Jessica, like their dynamic yeah. is this very delicate, nuanced, like he's a little bit of an idiot and she's yeah. always kind of correcting him and doing his job better for but him. Never doing it in a mean way. And never doing it in a mean way. Yeah. And like throughout this whole episode. So him and Jessica are going to uh, a party thrown by the main sheriff's association and she's going to be like giving a speech or doing a it's reading like a, or whatever. There's a prize for a TV or something. Oh, they're giving away a drawing for a big screen TV. Yeah. And like, you know, they're getting on a bus and it's about to storm. And of course they get stranded. But like the whole time, even though this event is about her for her to give a speech, he's so excited. He's talking yeah. about the food. 
And every time, every as time goes on, he's so bummed because he's like, "Man, we're missing the fruit cups right and now." The or like, soup or and the potato yeah. soup, and he's not going <laughs> to win the TV. And I'm just like, "Oh man, this was literally like, this was gonna, this was gonna be the greatest night of Sheriff Tom Bosley's <laughs> life this year, and he's missing it. And there's a murder happening, and he's still yeah. like, "Man, the potato soup." There is a there <laughs> is a moment where so they get on the bus, right? Like they're going to this thing, and the, before the bus breaks down. And there's a there's a whole very long sequence, very long sequence of people getting on the bus or like adjusting on the bus or getting their stuff out on the bus and Jessica Fletcher giving them what I love about Jessica Fletcher is she's inherently nice. She's a nice person. She's sweet. She'll never be mean, never say anything bad to anybody in a mean way, you know, but she's also a judgy, judgy, judgy lady because she's always like. She's, she kind of has resting bitch face in a way where she'll look up and she'll be like, okay. And like, she's just like, like she's noticing all, because she, that's what she does for a living. So she's noticing these little things of the people. And you see, there's like this whole, like, it felt like five minute sequence of just Jessica Fletcher observing the cast. That's what I was going to say. She's, she just, she observes. That's yeah. her whole thing. And there's no judgment behind it. Um, which is kind of nice, but yeah, she's just constantly taking note of things. Yeah. And what's great is the way that it's shot is that a lot of times you're seeing from Jessica's perspective, if she's zeroing in on someone, the camera's zeroing in on them. And she looks at the name of the bus driver on yeah. the main plate or the and book they're reading in. or the, mm -hmm. the thing they're knitting or the, like the little things that people have yeah. on them or that the little quirks that people do she's making a mental note of and while i was watching it i'm thinking like what if she doesn't need to use this and then if she doesn't need to use it it's like well okay throw go. it away eat some potatoes um, massachusetts i guess i have to say the some of the names of the characters on this episode <laughs> drove me insane it just felt like they were it was like a mad libs of weird words can you imagine so, them pick, coming up with names for characters on murder shiro because there are so many cast members in every episode i know so for example big daddy number two his character's name is cyrus leffingwell <laughs> and the murdered man his name is gilbert stoner which there are some people, I think, from Massachusetts on the bus, which yeah. like if they were really doing it, it would have been Gilbert Stona. And it would have been so funny to hear people when they're talking about a murdered man. Say also, Gil Gilbert Stona. There's a formerly sort of woman who was suffering from an exorcism or whatever on the bus, Linda Blair. Yes, Linda Blair is on the bus. So yeah, everybody gets on the bus. Like you said, the whole like, and I liked it. I liked it because I felt like I was watching a movie where yeah. there weren't a lot of conversations happening. It was just like, you're just noticing all these people mm -hmm. getting on and off the bus. So yeah, there's like Linda Blair, who I couldn't tell, like, was she, she's supposed to be pregnant, maybe? Yeah, she was pregnant. Yeah. I think, you know. So her and her husband, they're having like a little disagreement. Rue McClanahan gets on. Well, there is something with Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan is really... I, if I remember correctly, the only one who like has an extended moment outside the sheriff, of course, an extended moment with Jessica Fletcher on the bus, on the actual bus before mm -hmm. it breaks down. She goes yes. over and she's like, are you J.P. Fletcher? Because that's, oh, that's what she yes. writes. Her, you know, she didn't yes. have a Southern accent. I just do that with Rue McClanahan. Oh, of course, we always do. So we have a clip of um, the, uh, the, the moment that they meet, but just to sort of set up what Rue McClanahan looks like, she so she plays Miriam Radford. Um, she's wearing a cardigan, glasses. She's a librarian. Yeah. It very much reminds me of the episode of Golden Palace where Blanche wanted to prove that she could be a good businesswoman. She didn't have to rely on her looks, and so she like wore the like she wore the cardigan. She wore the glasses. Yeah. So just so so as you're going to hear this clip, that's what you're getting. You're getting librarian Blanche. Excuse me. <gasps> You're, you're J.B. Fletcher, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, I thought so. I think you are a wonderful writer. Why, thank you. In fact, you're in the top ten of my most stolen list. You're what? Most stolen. I'm a librarian. Oh. We have had to replace copies of your books a dozen times over the last couple of years. <laughs> People check them out and absolutely will not return them. I'm very flattered, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love I just I love that 
that Rue, I'm not even going to call her by Miriam. I feel like we just have to call her Rue. Yeah. I love that she just went, she was like, I'm a fan. I'm going to go over. And she does exactly what I would do. Exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting about Rue McClanahan, like we were talking a little bit about her career up until this point. And the the sort of image of Rue McClanahan as a sex pot started because of the Golden Girls. Before the Golden Girls, for the most part, most of her characters were usually the dowdy sort of friend of character, mm-hmm. meaning that she was the friend of Maud. She was the friend of Mama or the, the cousin or sister, I forget, on Mama's family. She was, she always played sort of like a stuck up type, sort of like nerdy lady in a lot of ways, very dowdy sort of lady. And it was on the Golden Girls that she became the sex pot. So in watching her in, in roles before the Golden Girls, it's really interesting because, you know, Rue McClanahan was a, a, incredibly trained actress she worked with dustin hoffman before dustin hoffman was insanely huge like she was a theater actress who was theatrically trained and she knew what she was doing and she could do probably any role that was given to her she could do anything and sometimes i like i love her as blanche and i love the and she loved the persona of blanche Mm, on her like she really did she really really did but i often sometimes wonder too was she? Were we ever able to see the full range of what Rue McClanahan could do because she was stuck in these two types of characters? Interesting. Often. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's a really yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so so yeah, the they have this whole exchange. It's great. Um, and then and then again, they make a couple of stops. Like there's a stop by a state prison. A man yeah. in a trench coat gets on. Uh, and then there's like a car that's kind of following them, them and then it cuts them off and then it, it crashes maybe and the guy gets on the bus <laughs> and then there's um there's a lot of flooding up ahead and uh, uh, the bus has engine trouble. So they stop at a little diner called the Cozy Corner Kitchen. And yeah. it's supposed to be kind of cute because, you know, kitchen starts with the word K. So they were like, oh, cozy and corner should also start with K. But then yeah. like when you look at the sign, the shorthand is the KKK. So I was bad. like, no, no one, one thought of that. No, no one, one thought of that. Hang on. Yeah. No one went, hang on. Yeah. Um, it does remind me of the little cute diner that the women end up in, in on Christmas night on the Golden Girls. Yeah. Although um, that diner was much more attractive. What, the Golden Girls one yes. or this one? Much more attractive. It was more diner-esque. This was more like small town kitchen dinery type place. It was definitely it it was wider. It had to allow for more tables because of the way that they shot it and you had all these yeah. people sitting around. Yeah, I hear you. We have a Marilyn Monroe film um bus stop as well. Like there oh, I, I think that might have been what they were going for. I could be wrong, but I think mm-hmm. that might have been what they were going you, for. you were right. It was very Hitchcockian. Yeah, um for it was, sure. Yeah, that wasn't a Hitchcock film, but it was the story and the way it played out. That often happens on Murder She Wrote too. It's very Hitchcockian and how the the murder is unsolved. Um, so they're all basically like, okay, well, we're just going to kind of hang out at the KKK diner until (laughs) the storm passes. Jessica orders apple pie. Sheriff Tom Bosley orders a piece too, and also wants a slice of cheddar cheese. Respect. I love cheese and apples. They go well together. I don't like that. That's not a combo I enjoy. Oh, I I mean, it's, would I want a slice of cheese with apple pie? No, but do I enjoy cheese? Many people bake it on top of the apple pie, you know? No. No, yeah. I don't no. believe in that. I don't like no, that. no, no. If you're gonna have raw apple, if you're gonna have cheese, a charcuterie board, the question great. is the question is, what do you like a crust topping on an apple pie or do you like a crumble topping on an apple pie? Oh, I do like both, but if I had to choose, I'd pick a crumble. I'd like a crumble because to me it's kind of a combo between pie and and um and oh god, what is it called when it's like in a pot or pan and it's a um, a blanking. crumble? No, it's not a crumble. It's <laughs> like a it's it's like an apple dish, whatever. But it's like a it's it's like it's like an apple dish without the pie crust, basically. And it's but you're getting pie crust on the bottom. So yeah, it's which like, you're doing both. You, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Some people like more pie crust, so a they strudel, like that. A strudel, a strudel, maybe. Oh well, whatever. It's it's it. I love any apple dish, basically. Just don't put cheese on it. Yeah, no, that's. I'm so sorry. No. no. Um. So there is a scene here where Blanche and Big Daddy both partake in a conversation. So I just thought we should play it just because it's fun that it's Blanche. This is the time of year for storms, of course. Statistically speaking, the chance of rain on any day at this time of year about um, two to one. As you can see, my husband's mind is cluttered with all sorts of interesting trivia. Better little clutter than an empty attic. 
we'd been able to afford plane fare, we wouldn't be stuck in this place now. Oh, I don't know. Many a night I've been trapped in a storm-ridden airport. Never bothered me. As my late wife used to say, rest her soul, only a fool grows ulcers over something he can't control. Excuse me. So, in case, because I didn't clarify, the man talking at the beginning was uh, Rue's husband, the one who was talking about storms, and then Big Daddy was the one talking at the end. Um, So, a couple things about this little conversation. Um, One, how dare Rue's husband talk to her that way? Yeah, he was a dick. He said... Better a little clutter than an empty attic. Rude. Rude. Um, Also, when Big Daddy says, um, you know, as my late wife used to say, only a fool grows ulcers over something he can't control. I know this isn't the same Big Daddy. It's a different actor, but I was expecting him to suddenly bring up a guitar and start playing a country song (laughs) about it. (laughs) So anyway, then Jessica's like, darn, I can't find my book. I'm going to go get it on the bus. Um, and she discovers a dead man with the screwdriver. It's supposed to be, I think, in his neck, but it's just sticking up out of his shoulder. Yeah, it's kind of, and to me, I was like, would you die from that? I don't think you would die from that. I, H. Allen, I'm so glad you said that. I was like, first of all, at first, I didn't even know who the man was because I was like, all (laughs) of the guys look exactly the same. But it turns out it was the man that got on at the stop of the prison and had a trench coat. I will say Um, this story unfolds the way... I mean, it's fun. It's so much fun to watch. It's so fun. And Sheriff try to solve it. Mm-hmm. But the the outcome of it, the person who commits it, it they, they kind of, it's like back and forth. We'll get to it. But like, it's not as satisfying as other episodes of Murder, She Wrote, I will say. So, yeah. But to to get, I agree with you. But but yeah, to get back to like the murder, like yeah. they see this the man murder. and they're like, they're like, <gasps> yeah. and again, it's a man sit like kind of slumped a little bit and there's literally a screwdriver just sticking out of his shoulder and i was like that's so confusing because that wouldn't kill someone yeah i would think that would just be like uh i mean it would it would hurt of course it would hurt a lot there's no like major artery i mean there's one in your neck but this was in his shoulder not his neck but but then the way that they talk about it for the rest of the episode the way they talk about it, they describe it as if the man was stabbed in the back of the neck, but like through the neck. The I know. And what's so weird about it is like, think about how hard it would be to stab someone with with a screwdriver. Like that's like stabbing someone with like a spoon in a lot of ways, or like a butter knife. In that, like, and through through, through a, a suit through yes. a suit and and, the, and that there's suit. no there's no signs of struggle or anything and it's i did like, notice the no signs of struggle yeah which in the episode we learn that there's a reason well sort of we'll yeah. get to it yeah so jessica again being the observer that she is she's like so this is a prisoner who just got out and sheriff tom bosley's like well how do you know it's not a guard off duty how do you know it's not somebody visiting great questions tom bosley yeah. She's like, no, this is a new suit. Those are new shoes. Those are crisp new bills. Yeah. And then Jessica's like, she looks in his wallet, recognizes his name. He just got out of prison. This is uh, Gilbert Stona. <laughs> this woman, in- the fact that Jessica Fletcher recognized his name, like I read, I'll be, I'm, this is not a brag. I read four major outlets of news every single day. One I work at, Newsweek. Three, New York Times, LA Times, Washington Post that I scan every single day at the very least the first part of the paper. And so I'm very aware of the news and what's going on in the world. And I barely remember people's names the next day. How does Jessica Fletcher remember a prisoner who was released before a small money matter? Because his name is Gilbert Stoner. (laughs) That's how. That's how. (laughs) So she remembers that he was in prison for robbing a bank 15 years ago. And that I think during the robbery, one of the other robbers was killed and then they never caught the other one i think is what she had said yes um then rue suddenly gets on the bus and she's like she sees them and 
she sees the not so scary looking dead body and the way that she falls into Sheriff Tom Bosley's arms. Wait, I'm going to I'm sorry. I, I this wasn't even a clip you suggested for me to use. But right now I'm going to put in this, the clip of her screaming because it is such an okay. iconic Rue scream. This is listen. To okay. I mean, it's like, it's just, I love hearing Rue McClanahan scream. It's sort of like that moment where she was like, I'm so mad I could scream. And then she just goes. <laughs> well, what it looks like though, because the way she throws herself into Tom Bosley's arms, it's yeah. a very like, I want you to take me Biff. Kind of mm -hmm. like, that's mm -hmm. how she throws herself mm -hmm. at him. And it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so they all go back into the KKK diner. Sheriff Tom Bosley starts questioning everybody. Um, and, and this is where, and this is what I love about murder. She wrote where every minute you go, well, he did it. Well, he did yeah. it. Well, he did it. She did it. She did it. Yeah. I love that about this show. Yeah. Literally so Jessica Fletcher did a checklist off every single person in the diner and figured out. And also there's no due process here. There's no, where's my lawyer. There's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing. Well, and, and, and Tom but, Bosley keeps yeah. being like, well, I'm not, I don't have jurisdiction. Jurisdiction. I know. But I'm going to do a citizen's arrest. I know. But you know what? If nobody talks, then you don't have a television show. Sure. I'm going to be a challenge to the okay. carry in this okay. CSI investigates. So Linda Blair's husband is the first suspect because they found a photo of uh, the victim in his pocket. Yeah. Um, that had him also in the photo, but it turns out it wasn't him. It was his dad and his yeah. dad was the robber. That, I think who was yes. killed. And he was thinking that he was due for part of the money. I wanted some of my dad's money, yes. but he didn't. Right. So then it's like, okay, great. And Linda's also, Linda Blair's head stayed intact during the entire episode. It did not spin around. Right. For the whole episode. The whole episode. I also, I kept an eye on it as well. I watched well. that. Yeah. Um, another thing that we learn uh, that during this robbery 15 years ago, an innocent by two innocent bystanders were killed. One of them was a 16 year old girl named Julie Gibbons. Now, the bus driver's name is Ben Gibbons, as mm. Jessica noticed now. Who's played Sheriff by Michael uh, Constantine, who is famously the father in my Big Bad Greek Wedding that we yes. win uh, Windex mm -hmm. and cure everything. Yes. Oh, that's such a good movie. So Sheriff Tom Bosley, again, I feel like they did really well talking about like the logistics and yeah. I, I didn't have a ton of questions except for the screwdriver. The screwdriver was just weird. Yeah. Well, and I he's like, at the end for the whole murder and the way the man was murdered, but yes. Okay. Okay, great. So Sheriff Tom Bosley was like, Hey, I can do a citizen's arrest on you. Which um, is so funny. I love the idea of a citizen's arrest because it's just one of the funniest things. Cause I mean, a, it's such a Karen thing to do. Cause like, just wait, just like chill out or like, you know what I mean? Like, if someone's getting away, don't put yourself in danger. Let the cops get the person. Don't, no citizens arrest people. I know, but I feel like he ha he feels like he has a duty because he's a, he a sheriff in another yeah. jurisdiction. And he's a white man. Yes. So <laughs> the bus driver is like, okay, all right. I admit I staged the breakdown of the bus. Like great coincidence for him because of the storm, because yeah. that was actually one piece of detective work that Tom Bosley did. He realized that he, he made the bus like breakdown. Yeah. Um, and he's like, the bus driver's like, look, the guy was sleeping. Um, you know, he's responsible for the death of my child. I stabbed him with the screwdriver while he was sleeping. And the sheriff is all like, well, that's it. Case closed. Let's just wait for the people to get here. But then Jessica, this was my favorite part of the whole thing because Same. I love it when they get Same. the science right. And yep. they got the science. So right. Jessica goes, no, 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 no. When you stabbed that man, if the screwdriver, he was already dead. And everybody's like, oh, how do you know? And she's a pathologist. Suddenly, I love it. Yeah, she says, well, it. there was no blood on the screwdriver and very little around the wound. That's because of post-mortem lividity, which is a real thing. She's right. The and then I love how she's in like, the lower parts of the body because been, of respect, because of gravity. The way she flippantly was like, well, he must have been dead for 15, 30 minutes beforehand. I don't know. I love that she talked about lividity. Yeah. Like I was so surprised. I was like, oh, that's like kind of a heady thing to talk about how the gravity yeah. pulls your blood down. Yeah. Um, the pooling. If you guys know the Adnan Syed case, everybody talks about the full frontal yeah. lividity. You know all about it. Um, then she said she'd noticed that there were marks around his neck. Marks. He died 
of strangulation and this the screwdriver wound was a post-mortem wound which in the shoulder not the neck but we'll we'll let that slide we'll let that slide um so what keeps happening throughout this episode that's like amazing is that amos keeps going like they figure something out and Amos goes, all right, you're the killer. And yeah, Jessica's like, well, 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 hang on, Sheriff Tom know. Bosley, hang on. Um, it's amazing. Um, yeah. So there's even one or where you want to go. I was going to get to the point where Rue is possibly, you know, suggested as the killer. So I first of all, Rue is stress knitting the entire time. But I um, were watching Michael notice this that she was not actually knitting. She was just sort of like pulling thread and roping it around, but she wasn't actually knitting. I have a feeling Rue McClanahan being the very urban, very sort of like party girl that she kind of was, I have a feeling she never knitted a thing in her entire life. (laughs) Yeah, that's entirely possible. I mean, how many movies have you seen where somebody's like playing a guitar and you're like, that's not even a chord. (laughs) (laughs) Or driving Um, and they're not even looking out the window, yeah. Oh, and they're just jerking the steering wheel back and forth because that's how people drive. I drive, but yeah. So yeah, so much goes on. Uh, Like there was a guy who has a gun and when he was like, Oh, I do a jewelry thing. But it turns out that he was like really like yeah. an investigator for the people, all of the, the robbed and bank and blah, really blah, blah. kind of irrelevant. And really what it comes down to is the process of elimination that Jessica Fletcher goes through to discover that the truth that she said wasn't so the first time eventually becomes so the second time, which is like kind of a strange turnaround, but she, there, the one of the dudes in the in the diner, he gets the gun and he's the one who wanted to get some of the money off the dead guy, but he didn't actually murder the guy, but he pulled a gun on the sheriff. Yeah, what's funny is like it, it and you, you find this situation Everyone's in a lot of these episodes. Everybody's an opportunist. Yeah. Everybody has a motive. Yeah. Everybody did something bad, but didn't do the murder. Rue McClanahan was... stole his book, but not because she had any connection to the guy or the murder or the robbery, but because it was a first edition of a book and it would give her $2,000 because she complained that her husband doesn't make any money. That's why yeah. people have kids. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a really great moment. And then, yeah, there's like the sailor yeah. who, like, he's like kind of creepy and there sheriff tom bosley's like it, you didn't tie a square knot that's a granny knot you're yeah. not a sailor um and then they're like you're the third robber that nobody ever found and he's like yeah okay i'm the third robber and yeah i had a motive but no i didn't kill him i he was already dead and then the motive or the the guy who eventually jessica fletcher figures out is the killer is the same guy she said wasn't the killer 20 minutes earlier ben gibbons the bus driver because she noticed the grease stains on on the dead guy's neck and she deduced that if he was in the back tinkering around with the motor or whatever it was of the Mm -hmm. bus that he would have grease and that would explain the grease stains on his neck and thus jessica fletcher was like that means you are indeed the murderer but it's sort of like a soft like it isn't like a we gotcha because everyone understands that like well, this is the father of the guy whose daughter yeah. was killed by this guy. And they, yeah. and I love the flashback where they say, Jessica Fletcher says that he was stabbed from behind in, mm-hmm. in her sort of, you know, ex- explanation of the murder. And Not part they, of the show, people. <laughs> <laughs> and then they do the flashback showing what actually happened with the guy in the back of the car or back of the bus trying to fix it. And then he goes onto the bus and he and the victim start like fighting with each other and he starts to strangle the man but he doesn't strangle the man from behind. He strangles the man from very much the front of the man's body. And then the man dies within 10 seconds. 10 seconds. That was the one thing I was like, guys, it actually, it takes like a it full take two longer. minutes, like minutes, minutes to strangle. And the guy doesn't fight back. He just puts his arms around his neck and the guy's eyes go wide. And it's like, yeah. and he's dead. It was, then, it happened very quickly. So this guy not only strangled this guy, but then later on made it like for sure and put a screwdriver in him. Just but that's sure. not why he did it. He That's oh. not why he put the, He didn't put the screwdriver in to be like, let me actually make sure he's dead. No, it's actually kind of smart. What did he do? So I forget why. He said that. So he realized after he strangled him, he didn't know that everybody else in that bus had a connection to this man. Mm-hmm. So he said after he strangled him, he realized that people would people would quickly learn the cops would quickly learn oh the bus driver was the dad 
of the yeah. woman who died in the shootout, he has motive. So he thought that if he confessed to the screwdriver, oh, then oh. which again, but but his thinking is that he's either going to have to just randomly confess to it or he knows that because Jessica Fletcher's on the bus, although he shouldn't even know who Jessica Fletcher is, that if they if he, if he confesses to the screwdriver thing, that somebody's going to go, well, no, he was actually dead before that. Yeah. So you you didn't murder him, although he still would have been charged with like something with tampering with a body after the fact with yeah. covering. I don't know with he still would have been charged although, with something. Jessica Fletcher in the last conversation with um, Sheriff Amos at the end, Tom Bosley um, is like, well, I'm sure he'll get off with temporary insanity or something like really quickly because everyone would understand that this father was just doing amending sort of or amending sort of like his his daughter's memory or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which, I mean, makes sense. But it's also like you shouldn't murder people, though. <laughs> you shouldn't murder people. But also, I wonder, like, what was his plan? Because he switched shifts so that he could drive the bus yeah. knowing that that man was getting out of prison that day. Also, how old was Michael Constantine? Because he looked the same age as he is in The Father in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I feel like this man was like mid-50s, early 60s, his entire career. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he does look about the same age. But yeah, I just wanted to like, yeah, like what was like, what was your game plan? Like, well, the guy's getting on the bus. But then what? I mean, yeah. I guess he staged a breakdown, but then he had to know that the guy was going to stay on the bus and he'd be alone with him. It's kind I wonder of a if crazy plan. It's not. I mean, this episode, I will say, is is really fun. It's a fun episode. Oh, it's, it's so fun. Budget, but it's definitely not the best murder shoot episode. By yeah, far, but it's I a just, lot of fun. I don't know. You know what? Maybe he didn't have a plan. Maybe he was just like, I just need to see this guy. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens. What happens, so, happens. Exactly. Yeah. My heart my, broke for him. Mine did too. But my favorite moment in this episode, and it's one of my, this often happens in every episode is there's, there's sort of a moment where it's, if it's a serious episode, it'll end on like a serious shot of Jessica Fletcher, but it often ends on a shocked or surprised or laughing Jessica Fletcher where mm -hmm. something will happen and she'll have to either laugh really quick or be surprised really quick. And then it will freeze frame mm -hmm. on that face she makes when she gets surprised. And in this episode, it turns out at the whatever convention they were going to, Jessica won the big screen TV. Jessica Fletcher, who famously rides bikes, refuses to get a car or drive anywhere and does not own a television at all. She wins this big screen TV and it ends on her being like, <gasps> and it's just like this shocked face. And it's so much fun. I love it. Do you think she gave the TV to Sheriff Tom Bosley? One thousand percent. If the, One million percent she gave that TV. She didn't even want it. She never even saw that TV. <laughs> I love that. That is, well, that is, it's really it's just a great way to button the episode up. Yeah, it's fun. Well, should we take a break and come back with our golden takeaways? Yes. with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your GT from this week? I don't know yet. You go first. Oh, okay. My golden takeaway from this week, and it's a very simple request that I ask of all of you listening. There's many of you out there, and I love each and every one of you, even the ones who sometimes say mean things in the comments. I want you to take, the, take that spirit you have for the Golden Girls and maybe try giving Murder, She Wrote a rewatch because it will be like a nice little little hug from the 80s, early 90s from Angela Lansbury. And it's just such a fun watch. It's so, it's so soothing, you know what I mean, to watch these episodes. It's like you don't have to pay that close attention. And it's just a nice thing to have on. It's like, and like I said before, it's like a hug. It's a hug. It's a television hug. Similarly to what the Golden Girls is, I think, for a lot of people. I just got the sweetest message this week from someone, I forget, maybe they shared it, maybe you shared it with me. I don't forget where it came from, but it was someone saying that they had just been through something really, really hard and that they watched the Golden Girls um, for the for the period of time that they were struggling through this thing. I think a parent had died. And 
and how nice that was for them to sort of have that sort of consistency that they had had in their life with that person that had passed away or is no longer in their life. And it's, that's the kind of feeling you get from shows like this. And that's why I, that's why I embrace them. So that's why I, I implore all of you to maybe experience it and maybe you'll feel the same thing. Yeah. And honestly, any episode that of Murder, She Wrote that you watch, I mean, just based on the list that we had, you will see someone from the Golden Girls. So oh, yeah. you will feel so comforted. Oh, yeah. 1000%. Um, I think my golden takeaway, and we didn't talk about this during the episode, but one thing I noticed in this episode, and I, I've noticed it on the Golden Girls as well, is that when someone is drinking from a cup, there is a liquid in the cup. Yeah. And TV shows today, movies today, I am so sick of seeing people pretending to drink from cups. I don't understand. And most of the time, most of the time, it's people drinking from like to go like Starbucks cups mm. and the way they carry them, yeah. they're just flinging their arms. I'm like, you be splashing that everywhere. There's yeah. no weight to the cups. When people take a sip, they just like tilt it back really quickly. Put water in there. I understand that it's like a whole thing. It's props. You don't want to get somebody's wardrobe. Just put water in it. People don't want to put water in it. Yeah. So I just respect that in this episode, the diner owner came over with a pot of coffee. He didn't refill it. Jessica's. He didn't I noticed that too, but he did refill. Well, she had tea. So maybe oh, she had, and, and she had, he gave her a pot. So I think she was okay. She would be a tea drinker. You're but right. But good looking out. She did order tea, but he fills up Sheriff Tom Bosley's coffee. And then Sheriff Tom Bosley takes a sip. And I was like, boom, that's all you have to do. Oh, you, I've stopped drinking coffee. No. Yeah, I did. I used to drink a lot of coffee in the morning. I haven't officially, like sometimes I'll get a nice coffee from Starbucks occasionally, like on a weekend or something. But I gave up coffee after, and it was kind of, it had a little bit to do with being in the UK this recently, the last time I was in the UK, because I had realized how much coffee I was drinking of a morning and it was so much. And I started just testing the waters and I drank black tea in the morning to see how I felt for the rest of the day. And I I've, I've slept better. You know, my phone measures how much I've slept and I'm, I've had, I'm hitting my sleep goals more often hey, that's and I'm, great. I'm feeling better throughout the day. Of course I still take naps and stuff, but like, Oh, I'm so jealous. But like, it's still like I'm tea isn't like tea with a little bit of milk is a, is I love a tea. fine, is a fine mm -hmm. little thing. It's kind of nice. So maybe, maybe I'm becoming Jessica Fletcher. Maybe I'll start solving murders. I mean, you have, we, we know you solve unsolved yes. mysteries, so you're already well on your way. Yes, yes, you're well on your way. Wow, everyone, that has been today's- So much fun. Beyond Golden Girls episode brought to you by Adam Lanai. Thank you for going on this wild ride a long of episode. Murder, well, She Wrote, a long it. one. Yeah. I hope you, this is the one they've been asking for, so hopefully yeah. they enjoyed yeah. the length. Yeah. Um, we will catch you back here next week for more Golden Girls greatness. Hey, Jalen, where can everybody find us? Well, you can find us on Hoo Ha Ha, which is the wonderful network we are a part of and that we love very, very much. And you can go follow them on all the socials. You can also follow us at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook, and I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter for as long as it continues to exist. And if you all have a moment, <laughs> please rate and review wherever you get the podcast because the more ratings we get, the more the show will get bumped up, the more people will discover it and join our lovely kick-ass community of Golden um, Girls fans. And as always, remember... Stay golden! Stay golden, all you Gilbert Stoners. <laughs>